uh, in fact, uh, I've recently issued a blog, which unfortunately is Chinese, uh, regarding uh, how I see these international elements and the Chinese elements of ours. And to me, they go both, go, they go both hand in hand, because after all, um, international money would like to come to Hong Kong and buy Hong Kong to access China. And reciprocally, for the Chinese or the mainlanders, they want to come to Hong Kong and use Hong Kong as a platform for them to invest overseas. So by and large, if you look at these two trends, basically they come together and reinforcing each other. The more connected and more understanding we have about China actually facilitates more international people and international institutions to come. And likewise, the more international we are, we are more attractive to China. So for on these counts, I must say that these two elements go hand in hand and not mutually exclusive. But are, are, we, are, are things happening like, for example, the freezing of bank accounts belonging to people linked to national security cases? Does that risk undermining faith in our financial system here amongst international participants? Not at all, because you, I have been in this role since April, and I've been talking to many banks and also many consul generals in different jurisdictions and also different industry associations. I think one thing is absolutely clear. Hong Kong is Hong Kong, and we remain very attractive to international money and mainland money, and we are very attractive and also compelling as a proposition at the International Financial Centre. Mr. Hoy, sadly we've run out of time, but thank you very much for coming onto the programme this morning and have a very happy Christmas. Uh, that's Christopher Hoy, Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. A quick look at the markets. In Australia, the SX200 right now off about a quarter of a percent. Uh, the Nikkei 225 in Japan down about half a percent. Looks like the Hang Seng is going to open 0.4% lower this morning. Thanks very much for listening this morning. Do ch- stay tuned for back chats coming up in just a moment with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy and dry, rather cool in the morning, sunny periods during the day. Maximum temperatures about 19 degrees. The outlook, mainly cloudy, with one or two rain patches tomorrow and on Thursday. The temperature right now is 16 degrees and it's 66% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. An epidemiologist says he doesn't know why the government is so strict on incoming travellers when there are still loopholes in the quarantine system. Hong Kong has banned flights from the UK and imposed an extra week of quarantine on arrivals already here after a more contagious strain of coronavirus was found there. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong says the strain could already be present in Hong Kong. I don't think that the complete ban is the kind of measure that would be a good idea to sustain for a long time, bearing in mind that this strain is probably also in other parts of the world already. So I don't think I could imagine Hong Kong banning travel from anywhere else in the world. And anyway, if you remember back to the third wave, that wasn't caused by an importation in a traveller who was subject to the quarantine orders. It was coming in through one of the loopholes, which I believe still exists. So I don't know why we're so strict on, even more and more strict on the incoming travellers from places like the UK and, and, and other countries when we still have loopholes in place and there are still other ways for the virus to get in. Some experts believe the third wave of infections in Hong Kong was caused by seafarers and aircrew being exempt from quarantine. The World Health Organization says there's no evidence the new variant of coronavirus is more serious than existing strains. Maria Van Kerkhove, the WHO technical lead for COVID-19, said scientists were looking at the body's antibody response to the virus. The WHO's top emergency expert Mike Ryan sought to reassure the public. 
There's zero evidence at this point that there's any increase in severity associated with this uh, disease. Clearly, work is ongoing to look at uh, transmission and the increased rates of transmission and how much of that is attributable to this uh, particular variant. We've seen many variants emerge over the last number of months. What no variant has done yet is establish itself as having any higher level of severity or evading our diagnostics or hiding from vaccines. The Russian Secret Service has described as a provocation a taped telephone call in which the opposition leader Alexei Navalny tricks an FSB agent into disclosing details about his poisoning in Siberia earlier this year. The agent says the toxin was planted in a pair of underpants. He also acknowledges that the swift action of Mr Navalny's pilot may have foiled the operation. The phone call was organised by the investigative website Bellingcat. Eric Toller is a researcher there. There's a whole bunch of reasons why this worked. One of the reasons is we had a bunch of the inside information about this operation. We knew the names of everyone involved. We knew where they went. We knew the timeline. We know who talked to whom. We knew all this stuff. We're able to kind of use this information and parlay it into convincing this FSB officer that Navalny, who was speaking in his own voice, which thankfully he somehow didn't recognize, was actually a very senior member of the Russian security service and then to divulge information. He detailed how the poisoning happened, how the cleanup operation happened, who was in charge of it, who he cooperated with, what went wrong and everything else. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chivert and your co-host today, Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today we're talking about the 2021 budget Uncle Paul, the financial secretary, has called on the public to give their views on the government's spending plans for the coming year. He's launched a promotional video dressed as a chef, hoping to prepare a popular meal for different people. He said that from the middle of 2019 until recently, Hong Kong has been hit consecutively by social incidents and the epidemic, adding the economy has been plunged into a deep recession. He hoped he would focus on the future and get prepared for reviving our economy and promoting development after the epidemic. Well, how would you do that? Do we need more sweeteners, more lean times, and what happens when the kitchen cupboard is bare? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us on our telephone phone number is 233 88266 233 88266 uh we've got a few uh, emails on uh, different topics um including quite a few on uh, covid we will deal with separately with uh, uh, covid issues uh tomorrow but um just a few first of all uh, relating to our discussion yesterday, uh, Richard II says, Happy Midwinter Festival. This was yesterday. And a happy birthday to Mike. Uh, this is Mike Rouse. Regarding the comment that Mike from Mike that the US has 3,000 cases a day and Hong Kong 100... So why are Hong, Hong Kong's restrictions tighter than those in the US? This is known as the prevention paradox, namely that criticism of prevention precautions are made because prevention precautions have kept cases low. This is, in other words, a self-defeating prophecy. Have a good rest over the holidays. That comes, I say, from Richard II. Uh, but Michael 
says, Dear Berkshire, Mike Rouse again showed his inability to continue to be a pundit on your programme. When questioned about the vaccinations and their current risk analysis, he said he'd checked yesterday with CNN. Can you believe anyone would go to the apex of fake news that is CNN for their information? The problem is that CNN has formed all of Mike's information on all things American. Hence your programme's bias about Trump. CNN laughed at Trump when he said there would be a vaccination before the year end. Give us a break, Mike, from you and your inability to go to primary sources and retire. That comes from Michael. And uh, Paul says, uh, Hi, Backchart. Just to clarify, no, I don't watch the same sort of sordid nonsense Mike Rouse seems to enjoy. My subscription to those kinds of services ran out a couple of weeks ago. That's from Paul in Taipo. Joining us to talk about the budget now is uh, Felix Chung, lawmaker and leader of the Liberal Party, and Webster Ng, who's president of the Taxation Institute. Once again, that email, backchart at rthk.hk. Felix Chung, good morning to you. What do you think it should be, you know, the the priorities now for the financial secretary in this extraordinary, extraordinary times? Well, of course, it is the normal time for the budget consultation at this period of time. But this time, because there are so many uncertainty, uncertainty, and uh, the, pan- the, the pandemic is still um, severe in Hong Kong. So it's very difficult to predict how the budget should do. But of course, at this moment, um, the, the major target is to how to clear the infection to zero. But, but I think it's very difficult for the Hong Kong government to do it. Well, especially there are so many control or measures that the Hong Kong government is, is doing is not working well. So, I mean, um, just like yesterday from the uh, financial panels, we, are talking, we were talking about the 64 billions of the fourth round of uh, the anti-epidemic fund, all the members are complaining to the government. It's not working well. But what was going to go forward? How how, how do we go forward? Definitely we have to um, open up the border. Otherwise, I mean, no matter how much money the financial secretary is going to spend, it's not working. Just uh, all the money are given out without any effect at all. Um, Felix, um, we have already spent like three hundred billion, yeah. uh, you know, to um, to ease the pain uh, of many many sectors. Are you saying that uh, we should not have these um, sort of handouts, uh, cash handouts to the different sectors, but instead, what could the government do then? Well, for example, yesterday the chief secretary. Is not giving out was not giving out the proper answer to us. A lot of the answers from him was very contradicting. For example, about the, um, some um, uh, facial industries, he said they haven't done any wrong. They all the industry people were doing according to what the government want them to do. They're doing properly. Nothing infected from the industries, but they asked them to shut down. So I mean, if they if they didn't were, were not asked for such a time, they could help themselves and still have the business and have some income and didn't ha- didn't need the help from the government at all. So I mean, this is very contradicting. The, the only reason why the chief executive say they they need to, to shut them down is because they don't want that many people to go out. But still, there are so many people to go out. I mean, the only thing that the, that the government doesn't want any people to go out just 
have uh, the whole, whole city shut down then. I mean, th this is very uh, nonsense type of explanations. But, I mean, of course, I mean, still we have to uh, see how to, we can go forward. For example, the, the um, medical spe specialist saying that um, now we have the vaccine. Um, probably if everybody um, get the vaccine, uh, we may recover in the third quarter of, uh, of this coming year. Then we can do some calculations. For example, if the government can um, hand out another round of ESS to support uh, the employment issues and, and some, some funds for the unemployment people, I mean, we, we can make a calculations that might cost about um, 450 billion Hong Kong dollars. And we can solve the problems because we have the vaccine and then we can uh, wait for another nine, nine months to, uh, to cure everything and open back the border and the economy can go back to normal. Isn't that going to basically use up pretty much all our reserves? Well, if you just look at the reserve, it, it looks like that we, um, the reserve is losing a lot. But there is another what we call the foreign reserve fund. Now we have over three trillion of Hong Kong dollars. Yes, it is used to protect the Hong Kong dollars, the pact with the U.S. dollars. But if you think about in 1997, we only have 700 billion Hong Kong dollars to protect our Hong Kong dollars. And the amount of money that we really need to protect the Hong Kong dollar is about 1.5 trillion Hong Kong dollars. And now we have two, three times more than we, we need. Why can't we take out, for example, 200 billions from the foreign reserve fund and, uh, and put it in to, to help the ESS or, or the unemployment fund and not using the reserve, the fiscal reserve? I mean, that is one way. I mean, there's so much money that the, the um, voluntary authority is holding just for investment, nothing else. Why not take, take some out? Okay, also with us is, is Webster Ng, president of the Taxation Institute. Mr Ng, good morning to you. Morning. Thanks for for joining us. Um, what do you make of that suggestion to tap into the uh, our reserves, the uh, the exchange fund? Uh, and uh, if we're not going to get the money from there, then where do we get the money? Do we need to look at new sources of revenue? Well, um, from my point of view, then uh, uh, I agree that we we have around uh, three trillion uh, foreign research uh, research fund. But uh, I, will, well, I want to point out another thing is that um, based on our spending pattern, uh, actually in uh, this couple of years or near 10 years, the government expenditure is uh, raised for such a uh, high percentage compared with uh, 10 years before. So I want to point out is that uh, about our financial pattern or what we call is the financial habit. Uh, once when the government noticed that uh, the revenue income is uh, too far below to the spending or the rate of in increment of the spending, uh, they need to take care of it, but not just spend by the um, uh, reserve fund. Actually, I know that uh, in last year, our revenue uh, from the tax, which is about 300 upon 6 uh, billion, 
you may easily to find out that uh, this figure is all spent in this year for the anti-pandemic uh, from various measures. So uh, I want to point out is that, uh, in case, of course, we know that in this year, uh, it is very extraordinary, okay? But uh, in case when the pandemic uh, gone or say uh, last for one or two more years, can we still uh, get the money from the reserve uh, for such a long time? The financial secretary also pointed out that uh, we cannot, uh, the government cannot uh, pay the cash or subsidy to all the business for a long period of time because it is not sustainable. So the main point is that uh, we need to focus on how we raise on the revenue or uh, on the other way that uh, we cut off, cut down the uh, spending uh, increment rate of the expenditure. So based, so, yeah. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Go on. Yeah. Because uh, I want to draw, draw, draw your attention that uh, our, our revenues uh, is, is very strict. Your, our, our tax base is very uh, narrow because of the historical in, uh, 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 factors. So that we are we are charging by the tutorial basis, but right now uh, our our government expenditure spend uh, uh, in a very compound range. So that uh, I I'm afraid that uh, our revenue cannot stand for more than uh, six to ten years later. Um, okay, Mr. Ng, uh, you you are the expert. How how do we um, widen the uh, revenue income of the government? Uh, we, you know, various uh, new taxes have been um, suggested, but uh, never worked. And we all know that uh, very few people pay more taxes than the majority in Hong Kong. And um, in the foreseeable future, and uh, I mean, especially in 2021, I guess um, the salary income or a profit tax uh, that would also that would go down because of the economic downturn. So, so where are we going to find a new revenue source? Okay, uh, to answer this question, let me let me have a quick summary of our uh, tax uh, revenue system. So, uh, as you know that. Uh, most of the tax revenue are based on the economic uh, goes up, goes down, then the revenue will goes up and goes down in the same magnitude or similar magnitude, such as the property tax, the salary tax, and the property tax. Uh, but you will know that uh, from the uh, ILD information, uh, the 2019-20 revenue decreased about uh, 11% compared with the previous years. So as you just say that, um, the revenue will expected, the tax revenue will expected to uh, uh, decrease more by this year because of the pandemic, because of the social unrest. So, uh, uh, from my point of view, the expected uh, decrease at least 20 to 30 percent is a um, very conservative estimation. Uh, but at the same time, uh, how can we increase our tax revenue? But this is not a point of the. Tax petitioners' uh, estimation, because this is a problem of the political problem. At the time when the economic is good, no people will say that it is worth to create a new tax. But at the time of the economic is going recession, no one wants to pay an additional tax. So there's no time at all 
it is suitable for a government to raise a new tax. But uh, I want to point out is that the global uh, economy or the tax regulation is changed very rapidly in these few years, uh, as we call that it is a bad, which is called a, a, a base erosion on profit which is close to from 0.1 to 0 to 2.0. They are talking about how to charge on a minimum tax level on some multinational uh, companies or enterprises. And also, they, uh, the minimum tax rate will apply to all the OECD countries, including Hong Kong. So, if, if this is the case, when some uh, multinational companies, they, uh, uh, they will be charged by an additional tax, which is uh, called minimum tax rate, but it is undercharged in Hong Kong. They will charge back by their home country. So, I know that the financial secretary is... Uh, making a task force to study on this so that we can uh, raise additional tax by attracting those uh, uh, multinational uh, company to stay here and carry on business in Hong Kong in order to um, uh, compensate, uh, I can say, I can use the word compensate, those uh, uh, tax pay less by a majority Hong Kong people or Hong Kong enterprise which is in uh, small and medium-sized uh, sectors. Uh, otherwise, based on our narrow tax base, uh, we cannot uh, sustain more. Sorry, uh, do you mean that we would charge at that minimum, that international minimum tax rate, or that we would be we would undercut it and that we would uh, therefore get more business? Which, what are well, you saying? Uh, the, the proposal has not yet been uh, finalised, but uh, the concept is that uh, for the multinational enterprise, they need to charge on a minimum tax rate mm-hmm. uh, all over the world. So in that case, where the enterprise is, uh, say, the home, home base is uh, uh, mainland China, they have the uh, Hong Kong branch, they have the Australia branch, as a UK branch, uh, all different enterprises over different tax jurisdictions, they will charge on different tax rate. But in overall, it needs to reach the minimum tax rate. So in that case, if the tax is undercharged, the home country will be charged. Okay, so and so so, how do we benefit by that? You mean we benefit because we 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 have a low rate, and therefore people would more people would move to would uh, uh, establish centres yeah, in Hong Kong. Yeah, uh, because uh, uh, when we see that uh, in case the multinational company they they carry on business, they 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 will earn the, earn the profit and pay the tax. But uh, as you know, that some tax jurisdiction they the tax rate is much lower, even if it, it is new. Uh, if that is the case the undercharged tax will charge back. So if uh, in Hong Kong, we can uh, attract more multinational companies to stay here and carry a business. So the final undercharged tax will, will, will collect it by us, not the other. Felix Chung, what do you think of that idea? Oh, well, that may work. I mean, uh, Wesley is the expert, so he explained that to us. But that may take years for us to make the legislation or whatever. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, that won't help the, the existing situations. Well, certainly if you think about raising income, I think the, fast, the fastest way is to raise the stamp duty of the stock exchange. I mean, all the industries are, are slowing down except the financial industries. And, you know, the stock exchange is still uh, 
uh, working very well and have high turnover every day. So, I mean, increase a certain percentage of the stamp duty, I mean, that definitely will increase the income for, for, um, for the government at the present moment. Felix, the other thing, there are so many hiding funds that the government have. Um, for example, the future fund is about $200 billion. It's not been used. I mean, if you remember six months ago, or maybe seven months ago, um, the government injected funds to the Bay Pacific, about um, $20 billion, $25 billion. The government is just using the interest they earn from that future fund inject the money into Cafe Specifics. So, I mean, they still have that 200 billion of future funds sitting here. But is that sustainable? Do we, do, do you know, do we have to, in the end, look for new sources of, of uh, revenue? Of course, if we're talking about broadening the tax base, then the usual thing is the goods and I services know, but, tax. But, I mean, we have to solve the problem at this moment first. I mean, if you we're talking about broadening the tax, tax um, the rate, whatever, that is future. At least two, three years time to do it. Uh, I, I, Felix, I, I know where, 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 you know, where you come from. You, you really want some quick money to um, help the various sectors. But um, uh, assuming, let, let's assume that we, you know, we all get vaccinated, uh, the border is opened up, uh, the control measures are working well, um, the uh, coronavirus is no longer such a threat um, as we've seen this year. You think things will be just back to normal, that the various sectors could work as well as before? A lot of people are saying that, for example, the tourism sector should have a complete rethink as to the strategy, and somebody needs to have the strategic foresight to, to craft new policies to respond to new times. Well, certainly, it will not be a V-shaped rebound. It probably will be a U-shaped. But at least when the economy opened that up, at least we can start the business again. I mean, for example, the tourism industry, there, there is nothing happened for them for 11 months. No inbound service, no outbound service. But, you know, for the home people, they're really looking forward to, for, for, for a holiday outside Hong Kong. So definitely for the tourism industry, when, when, the, when the borders open that back, the tourism industry definitely will get a V-shaped rebound, but certainly not the other industries. So certainly, of course, we either, uh, as you said, we have to think about the structure of our economy again, the structure of every industry again. There won't be that much of uh, uh, Chinese tourists coming to Hong Kong for shopping or whatever. It will be a lot less. So then we have to rethink the whole structure of the Hong Kong economy, not just relying on the financial industry, not just relying on the property markets. Well, I think the the, the government's plan is to go all in with the GBA and for our future prosperity to rely on our integration and our part, playing our part in the Greater Bay Area. Do you think that's a good strategy? Well, of course, there is another opportunity. But Hong Kong is an international city. Of course, if there's opportunities... But we're getting, I'm getting the impression that we're turning away from the international side and towards the Greater Bay Area. No, that, that, that shouldn't be the only way. That shouldn't be the only way. Uh, as I said, GBA certainly will be an opportunity for the Hong Kong people of the Hong Kong business sector, but international markets certainly be still one of the biggest ones for us. I mean, Hong Kong is an international city. We are not just 
part of a local, local city in China. I mean, otherwise, we do not need the one country, two systems. I mean, as just um, Wesley said, we have to attract a lot more international. Yeah, I mean, this is where you hit the politics as well. Uh, Mike, in an email, uh, says, uh, yesterday's topic, 3,000 cases a day in New York, not USA. On today's topic, tell the financial secretary to give us back our freedom. Scratch out these new laws and watch Hong Kong return bigger and better than ever. USA will treat us like Hong Kong and not like China. And boom, back to normal and the old times. Uh, I mean, you know, could we make friends with America again and Europe and all these other places where we seem to be uh, a lot of hostility? I mean, <laughs> the chief, you know, the chief executive uh, herself is uh, under sanction uh, and so on. Do we need to uh, fix those things if we want to uh, de- redevelop our uh, international standing and our international business? Well, certainly, yes. Certainly, yes. I mean... Um as I said, why do we need one country, two systems? Because our system is very close to the international communities. And this is why international business sector would like to do business with us, not directly go to China. Certainly, a lot of them directly go to China, but still there. So many just want to stay in Hong Kong. I mean, that is our advantage. So that's why, I mean, I always urge the, the Hong Kong governments to go out and talk to the international community. Uh, are they, the are they doing it? Are they heeding your advice? Not Peter? yet. But, I mean, if you read the policy address, Chief Executive did say that. She did say that, but she hasn't done anything yet. Okay, okay well, so, so for the policy address, uh, should there be a cash handout to every single person in Hong Kong, like last year? Felix? Well, um, you just read that. I mean, uh, this is what she was written down in the policy address. I mean, what she wrote was written down, and we would just wait for her to do it. Okay, well, Felix Chung, thank you very much indeed for joining us, lawmaker, Liberal Party leader. And thanks to uh, Webster Ng, who's uh, president of the Taxation Institute. Uh, Kenneth Lung will be joining us after the news at uh, nine. Uh, and we share some more of your thoughts on various issues in uh, emails. That's backchat at rthk.hk. Of course, you can always call us. We welcome telephone calls, 233-88266. Join the conversation. Uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page as well. Uh, and also, uh, I'll tell you about our person of the year. The voting has just started. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy and dry, rather cool this morning. 16 degrees now, humidity is at 64%. Welcome back. Back to us on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about the budget. Uh, this is uh, inspired by the Financial Secretary, uh, Paul Chan, dressing as a chef uh, and calling himself uh, Uncle Paul and calling on the public to give their views on the uh, government's spending plans uh, for the uh, coming year. He was a chef hoping to prepare a popular meal. He said, how can I prepare what you like if you don't tell me what you want? So um, that's the uh, call and that's what we're doing today, uh, passing our order to our Uncle Paul. Uh, and you can do that by emailing backchat at rthk.hk or by calling us on 233-88266 or by commenting on our Facebook page. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, yesterday and uh, tomorrow uh, we're talking about uh, COVID. So we've got a few emails uh, on that issue, of course, very much in the, in the headlines. Let's maybe share some of those uh, emails now and then we'll get back also to the uh, to the money talk. 
as it were. Paisley uh, says, while I continue to believe that the government has generally handled the COVID crisis well, I struggle to understand the logic in the rule which restricts dining to two customers per table. I realise that some restaurants are already skirting the rule by setting up small plastic screens on a table for four, but the government should still formally scrap the restriction. By relaxing the rule to four diners per table, the risk to COVID spread would appear to be minimal. Families would have the opportunity to spend Christmas meals together and the under pressure restaurant trade would receive a much needed fillip to its revenues that is from paisley john says uh the program today covid brings to mind that ordinary people often understand risk much better than experts the experts complain about people flocking to shopping malls but people understand that the risk of catching covid is very low and the consequence of catching it inconvenient rather than serious Government statistics show that in the last year, the chances of catching COVID were 1 in 850. If COVID is caught, 98.5% of people do not die but recover. Those that do die are invariably suffering from other serious diseases, are obese or are old. The chances of being in a traffic accident are twice as high. And the deaths reported last year from pneumonia were 70 times greater than the deaths this year from COVID. So people understand instinctively that if you wear a mask and keep a distance, as people did without any instruction from January, the chances of catching COVID in a shopping mall is remote. Indeed, has there been any evidence that anyone has become infected in a shopping mall? The professors and experts you're in, you interview are always willing to give an opinion, but in reality have let Hong Kong down. <clears throat> what do we expect of academics? It is to conduct research in a scientific way to find the truth. None of your so-called experts seem to have researched things such as if two, four or eight diners makes any difference, if exercising on a beach in a swimming pool or golf course is anything except good for health, or gathered statistics to find out how many people who arrived in Hong Kong and were quarantined developed COVID and when, so we knew if 14 days quarantine was too long or too short. As a result, the restrictions imposed seem arbitrary, totally unscientific, not logically explained, and so people of all walks of life are fed up with them. On Backchat, you should challenge these experts, force them to justify their opinions. An important lesson in life is never take an expert opinion at face value, but always challenge it and check the basis of ex expert recommendations for common sense before accepting them. Uh, if the experts cannot justify their recommendation with facts and evidence, I suggest you might as well go out on the street and ask a passerby for his opinion. In a sense, you've just done that by giving us the valuable and practical insight of the representative of bars and restaurants that comes from john uh okay john um thanks very much for your uh for your comments I, I would distinguish between the people who set the policy uh who uh who advise directly the administration and people like chan shuk kwan of the center for health protection uh who set those rules and the people that we talk to who are not those people who set the rules and uh, sometimes they agree with the administration sometimes they don't because uh in most cases they have devoted their whole lives their whole working lives uh to studying uh, statistics and the spread of disease and this is not anything new to them um they're not like people who work in bars um they're people who work in bars know about working in bars and these people as i say have devoted their lives to uh, uh their working lives to uh, studying uh exactly this kind of uh situation so uh, i think they're a little bit more than so-called experts 
Andrew Kay says, I hear on your news today that the relatives of the bail jumpers arrested by Chinese authorities are demanding that the Hong Kong taxpayer should fund their trip to Shenzhen for the trial. As a taxpayer, I strongly object to my tax money being spent on these people. They made their own bed, so now lie on it. Uh, that's uh, from uh, Andrew Kay. Uh, one more from Bowen. He says, uh, Dear Backchat, this is, I think, was to do with the uh, length of uh, emails and whether they should be put on Facebook or not, with the subject line, how long should a piece of string be? I hope most people will accept that any comment which does not state its grounds is just another opinion. This point is actually an oversimplification. To make your case, you also need to tailor its contents to the identity of the people you are responding to, the gravity and complexity of the issue, and so on. So if you are responding to some in high places over a significant but complicated matter, you may need to couch your argument and provide details in a way that's a bit different than if you are casually addressing a general audience. In any case, an argument that takes 90 seconds to read out, six of my last seven messages took less, this this one took me to 66 seconds, will take up at least several minutes airtime if it is made over a phone call, and putting it on Facebook may mean it won't reach those who access the show only through radio. People who have grown up at different times and who went through different life experiences may also have different ideas as to what is sufficient for a case well made. Merry Christmas to all the wonderful staff at Radio 3 and RTHK and to all listeners. That comes from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, on the subject of uh, experts, we have some of them in our Person of the Year. Yes, we've done the uh, whittling down uh, from your nominations and from our thinking. Uh, so we've come up with 10 names for our Person of the Year. Now, you can vote for these uh, online. You can go to our Facebook page, the uh, Backchat Facebook page, or you can go to the RTHK Radio 3 homepage and, and follow the links there. To our special poll, uh, you can uh, choose uh, one of the people, only one vote per email address, uh, and then we get send you a verification code, and it's all pretty secure, actually. Um, I don't know if it, how it compares with the American election. Uh, anyway, uh, we won't be complaining about the, uh, I don't think the second place uh, person will be complaining that much about the winner. Uh, anyway, these are the 10 names that we've come up with that you can vote on for the person of the year 2020, the person who you think has been most significant uh, in the past 12 months. Uh, first, Peter Choi, a veteran of the Battle of Hong Kong in World War II, uh, who died in 2020. Second, the Fanling Golf Course. Uh, third, Dr. Chuang Shuk Kwan, head of the Centre for Health Protection's Communicable Disease Branch, the uh, spokesperson uh, on COVID. Uh, fourth, unknown cleaners, the people who keep Hong Kong clean and safe. Uh, fifth, uh, Professor Benjamin Cowling, who's an epidemiologist at uh, the University of Hong Kong. Uh, sixth, uh, Apple Daily, the popular newspaper. Seventh, David Webb, who's a shareholder activist, commentator, frequent guest on this program. Uh, eighth uh, is uh, Carrie Lam, uh, chief executive. Uh, then there are the frontline health workers uh, in Hong Kong. And finally, uh, Nabella Kosa, who's the RTHK reporter. So those are the ten names. Uh, pick one 
and uh, give us a vote. We will be announcing the result in our first programme of the new year. That's on January the 4th, halfway through the show at about uh, 9 o'clock. So up until January the 4th, uh, 9am, your chance to vote for the person of the year 2020. Okay, back to the matter in hand. Waiting patiently in our central studio, Kenneth Lung, uh, former county sector lawmaker. Uh, Mr Lung, good morning to you. Oh, good morning. Thank you much indeed for for, for joining us today. Okay, um, uh, what do you want to see in, in, in the budget? I think we've kind of got slightly contrasting... Uh, yeah, I've listened to all of them. Of the I've yeah. listened to Chris on uh, money. To, I've listened mm. to my uh, uh, colleagues, ex-colleagues. That was the uh, uh, director of financial services. Yeah, yeah, um, and and Webster. Uh, uh, the, the the budget coming up budget is a very difficult one. Of course, I, I Paul's been cooking for us for the past four years. I think he should know the taste of uh, his customers. I, I don't think we need a, a Michelin star meal. We need a meal that is substantial and make everybody feel good. But uh, that is very difficult. I think the three main tasks I think he should concentrate on first is one is to stimulate the, the economic growth in the medium run. He, he should have a very concrete goal to uh, lower unemployment rate. The unemployment rate now stands at 6.3%. I think it should be lower. And also, uh, he should also have a package to stimulate uh, consumption. And third is the economic growth in the medium term. We're not talking about no 10 years plan, but we are talking about in the next two to five years what Hong Kong will be um, aiming at because the COVID-19, if you read a a lot about this literature, is a watershed. I mean, the way we are doing business, the way we are providing professional services uh, is so different now comparing with 18 months ago, I think we need a very uh, fundamental change in our thinking of how our economy uh, will be um, uh, structuring in the next 24 months. I think, well, people talk about tourism, people talk about, you know, uh, financial services. These, these, you know, industry could be relevant, but the way we are delivering our services, like the professional services, um, will be totally different. We are totally relying on artificial intelligence. We are totally relying on remote working, maybe in the long run, because actually it lowers our overhead in, in the long run for all sorts of businesses if we can deliver our services remotely. So these are the critical paths that the financial service, uh, secretary should be aiming at. Um, for example, of course, I mean, there, there, there may be some feel-good feel factors as well. For example, if people want a cash dish out, I think, yes, we can do that. But I doubt whether we can still able to dish out $10,000 per hat in the next budget. And secondly, we need to continue, um, you know, positioning Hong Kong as the international uh, financial center, not just uh, a, a hub for the GBA. Now, GBA is an opportunity, I agree, but we need to maintain this special position of Hong Kong. That is very important. We are not giving up Hong Kong as an international city, an international financial center by, you know, having this integration of GBA. And it is not the right path to pursue. Um, Kenneth, a, a simple question first. On the stimulating consumption, I just note that um, everybody around me, and including myself, uh, mm-hmm. our shopping habits have changed. Our consumption habits have changed uh, during the last uh, 12 months. Um, uh, we shop online and uh, we do a lot of things uh, more remotely. 
Um, how how could um, the government stimulate consumption, and in in which direction do you think? Well, I think if people like to shop online, then why can't we boost the uh, online shopping industry? Because all these shops can have a, 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 a platform, and they can do online shopping. Uh, for example, I mean, um, they can reduce the number of outlets, and more people, if they know how to shop online, even the elderly people, um, this is good for them. And when, of course, um, maybe I, I, I'm supporting a, a, a bit of cash dish out this in this financial budget. Maybe not as much as ten thousand dollars. Maybe. $5,000 for each person, so they can, you know, um, uh, shop whatever they want. But of course, um, the, sh- the kind of uh, mentality or culture in Hong Kong is not that, you know, uh, prone to you know, shopping online because people still like to go to the shopping more and look at the physical goods. But sometimes I think this is a paradigm shift. This is a, a shift that, you know, um, the government should maybe, maybe you know, having um, uh, thought about it, it's not a bad thing if people just turn their habits into shopping online. Even going to see doctors online is not a bad thing. We need to push that because it is a fundamental change in our behavior in our culture uh, after the COVID-19. This is very important. Okay, uh, here's an interesting email. This is from um, Paul. Uh, uh, maybe we'll start with one from... Yeah, okay. Just on the issue of the chef thing. Uh, James says, does it not strike you as insensitive for Paul Chan to be dressed as a chef as one of the hardest hit sectors is food and hospitality? (laughs) To me, as a long-term PR consultant, it seems to trivialise the fate of many chefs who have lost their jobs or are struggling financially. I would like to know how much was spent on PR consultants to come up with this silly, trite concept. Mr Chan remains one of the more respected members of this administration. If only he'd taken a more compassionate approach, seeing out and about in casual attire, meeting and talking with Hong Kong people, actually being seen to listen. I think everyone in Hong Kong is now rather jaded with these consultation exercises. Maybe, like all older relatives at Christmas, Uncle Paul needs to return to his armchair and dream of the past. Happy Christmas to the Backchat team and listeners. That comes uh, from James. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, for that and uh, Matthew says why does Uncle Paul expect us to refer to him as Uncle Paul uh, does he think we are 12 year old school children wearing red scarves in 1970s <laughs> rural China a typical and absolute tone deaf attempt to connect to the people by an idiotic and disconnected administration anyone can tell you that s- uh, self given nicknames never stick and often up backfire for example John Jung's Mr Pringle nickname was given to him by the people People. If he's genuinely interested in consulting and connecting, then how about Uncle Paul appears on Backchat to seek feedback before the budget and then reappears after the budget to share with us why he did or didn't incorporate the suggestions that he was given. That comes uh, from Matthew. Kenneth uh, well, what do you think about the, the you know, the... Uh Dressing up and calling. Well, uh, I, I, I think say, it's say, okay. He, for he says him. Uncle Paul on the introduction, doesn't he? No, I, I, I don't think people will will, will recognize him as Uncle Paul. He's of our FS. I, I call him Paul or Chef Paul if he wants to be a bit more different from other FS. Um, well, I, I think. It, on, on the whole, I, I don't mind him having a, a, some sort of gimmick. But last year he was, uh, you know, kicking a football. But this year, uh, the first impression is I think the um, the kitchen setting is a bit fake. <laughs> this is not a real kitchen. I mean, he should do it more properly. 
But I think even if he said he's going to consult us, I think he should have some very basic direction. I mean, he should uh, give us some ideas what his uh, blueprint is, and so that I mean, we can tell him what ingredient to use. Whether we we want a, a steak that is medium rare or medium, I mean, he should give us some some kind of blueprint or framework first. Now, I, I can, what I can see now is. First of all, I think Chris Hoy on your show that talk about the financial services is still a very relevant sector. And I heard people talking about raising stamp duty. I don't think we should raise any tax at all uh, during this um, very difficult time. I think raising revenue is a long-term stamp thing. duty for for on, on the stock market uh, because well, that, that seems to be one area. No, I, I know, is, I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm against it because um, financial services is one of our key sectors, and you are talking about raising stamp duty. But what I'm want Paul to to look at is how he can or his team can reduce the recurring expenditure. Now, of course, there are some of the expenditures are very crucial, but our recurring expenditure, if you look at it from 1997 onward uh, until today, has been increasing about more than three times, more than three times recurring expenditure. And look at our GDP. Our but GDP. that's your fault, isn't it? Because but it's not my fault. Uh, Why do you think it's my fault? It's the government's fault. But that's but that's the but that money's going on social welfare and on yes, health but we have to square and all the is, things that popular yeah. politicians want. Well. Politicians want this and that, but we have to scrutinize each of the individual items where that is spent. You know, I, I've been sitting on the public accounts committee for the past eight years, and I can see a lot of wastage, a lot of, you know, um, not adhering to, to the rules when, when spending money. These should be tightly controlled. That is one thing. The other thing, he should concentrate on is a stimulated growth of economy. Now, we are talking about artificial intelligence where people can work remotely, where, where goods and services can be delivered remotely. Now, we can see that just yesterday, I heard about that a, a research project, you know, uh, spearheaded by the University of Hong Kong on one of the locally produced vaccine did not get any government funding at all or, or, or help. And we need to rely on the private funding um, of a billion dollars to develop a vaccine. I mean, we're talking about, you know, biotech. We're talking about pharmaceutical industry for the past two decades. And where are we now? And we don't want any just talk anymore. We want to have some concrete action plan to just build up these industries. Apart from financial services industry, we need some, you know, real uh, economic sector so that, you know, our people, not just going to GBA. I mean, people will be, you know, um, receiving this propaganda by the government. They go to GBA and work. We need to retain our good people here to do all sorts of, you know, service industries, to, 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 to go into this high-tech industry as well. So it's important that, you know, not GBA is not the only solution. I mean, yes, by all means, go to GBA, have a look to explore your opportunity there. But we, we still need our, uh, you know, economic activities here in Hong Kong to retain the good people here in Hong Kong. Okay, an email on that topic from uh, Paul Zimmerman. 
who says the percentage... Hello, of, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he says the percentage of local district jobs being taken up by local residents from that district can be as high as 80%. Mm-hmm. Um, the percentage of local working population employed locally in their district varies from 10 to 35%. To date, Hong Kong uh, economic development has focused on international trade and finance, making Hong Kong highly susceptible to global economic movements. While we must keep our global focus, it's time to roll out local economic development initiatives. Diversification will make our economy more sustainable. We have a development office for Kun Tong and Kowloon Bay. That's the energising Kowloon East office. And we will have one for the Southern District, Invigorating Island South. We recommend this model is extended to all 18 districts. Uh, What about that kind of uh, direction, developing the local economies? Well, I think that could help to a certain extent, but the people do have a mixture of aspirations. Not everyone wants to stay in local and, 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 and you know, do, do this, uh, 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 you know, art and craft thing. I mean, I, 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 I respect this idea, but the scale of it, you know, development office and what they do, I, I think that there will not be a prototype. And I, I think that is a good idea that, that can, can, could have explored. Now, some people do, do not want to travel, you know, long distance to, to work. So the local economy in, in its district is important too. But what, what, what kind of percentage, what kind of scale and what sort of sector uh, or sectors they will be concentrating in, I think that they need to be think about it and it will um, inevitably uh, different in each of the districts. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, here's one from Jay. He says, by shopping online, you're closing down shops and you're promoting more mental illness and more people with bad sight. <laughs> okay, good business for opticians. Uh, why doesn't Uncle Paul go and live on the street for a few nights with thin air and understand we, the poor, need money to live on and 5k or 10,000 doesn't cut it. Raise the tax for the wealthy because looking at government officials, they have more money than cents. We need fact Factories and manufacturing in Hong Kong, mm. not financial mm. business. Mm, yes. A lot of people will say that, no, that we need more manufacturing again. Um, well, I, I think we need some some real economy to manufacture some you know high value added goods here. We can't have a factory to, for example, doing oil That's refinery it, here. It's, okay. it's t- producing a lot of pollution here. We need some clean and high value added industry in Hong Kong. I totally agree. Mm. Okay. Um, Sorry, Sorry. Uh, uh, Kenneth, one quick question. On on the recurring expenditure increase, um, I also note that the government is employing a lot more people on a part-time basis or a short-term basis or one year, like they have rolled out the thousands of jobs, uh, (laughs) which are one-year internships. And these are not sustainable. You know, this will, uh, like, cure, you know, one angle of the problem uh, in one year. Uh, Have have you noticed that? Yeah, I have noticed that. But but on the other hand, I think the Legislative Council have recently decided not to allow the government to open up any directory grace, you know, additional positions. Um, of course, I, I think the, 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 the private sector, I mean, if you look at all the pandemic funds, we are going down to 4.0 now. I don't know why, why the government cannot target uh, make, make make the subsidy more targeted, and then the, the legislature has been criticizing the government, but they say still vote yes to the four point zero version. If we, we we turn the clock back, if we look at pandemic fund one one point zero version, the employment subsidy, it, they spend lots of money there, 
But but still, people get fired after you know the the, the the subsidy period is over. But if they could you know fine tune that and make the expenditure more focused and the enforcement more rigorous, I think that could help. Um, so of course I agree with Ada that the the, the subsidy uh, the, the internship thing is a short term thing. It's not sustainable. You could not employ interns for another two years. But I on mean, the other yeah. hand, there are not enough thinkers uh, in the government. Uh, no directorate grade posts have been opened for many years. Well, the assumption is directors can think. It's wrong, I think. <laughs> okay, so who can think in government? Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Ada, uh, well, the people can think probably are, are not in the government these days. The governments are administrators. Uh, they're not thinkers. Uh, thinkers, I don't think they will join the government these days. <laughs> okay, some uh, more comments. Uh, TC on Facebook says, The thinking of the financial secretary is akin to thinking about renovating while the house is still on fire. How about the economic problems during the pandemic? I also don't agree with the notion that the kitchen is bare. How about the years of budget surpluses the government has accumulated? I think the government should continue with the $10,000 per dollar uh, handout. Uh, uh, Andrew says, hi, back chat, a flavorful reduction of his own salary and others in the administration who earn more than $300,000 a month would make a palatable improvement by those serving Hong Kong. The one-off tax-deductible donation they made wasn't a huge gesture, and salaries as high as theirs show how trifling any discussion over $10,000 handouts to the masses really are. That's uh, from Andrew. Thanks very much indeed for that. Magnus says, uh, Views for Chef Paul. Don't waste our money in the disgraceful manner that you did this year. Of the $300 billion spent thus far, more than half was on the employment support scheme. So $150 150 billion plus uh, of that truly enormous amounts were entirely wasted by passing it to large companies that were not in any way negatively affected by the pandemic for example supermarkets convenience stores hospitals etc but in fact were actively prospering tens of billions of dollars it seems to me that those actions were bordering on the criminal rather than merely disgraceful a transfer of the public's money to the big end of town it's hard to imagine that even our government is so stupid they could not know what they were doing now those same clowns are crying poor really sorry guys but we can't give more than token assistance to those sectors that are actually affected and we've already spent so much and hong kong will go broke pathetic as your first guest pointed out there is no shortage of money to assist covid affected businesses and individuals in hong kong that is a red herring trotted out by the authorities hong kong's finances are the envy of the world regardless public money should never be wasted there ought to be a public inquiry into the misspending of the 300 billion dollars spent thus far and the grand heist that was the employment support scheme chef paul spent a few million on that that comes uh, from Magnus. Thanks indeed for that. Uh, Mushroom says, what's going to be done about the property cartels? Still keeping the property prices high. Many have been empty for five years, and these properties are not built for Hong Kong people because the prices are too high. You can't fool the local public. We are not naive. I want to vote for David Webb. That comes uh, from Mushroom. Yeah, David Webb is one of those on the back chat person of the year. Uh, uh, Jay says, completely shut the border over Christmas. Stop all subsidies to companies. Give everyone in Hong Kong $20,000 each. That's all go out and spend with no tourists as they were the prime suspects of bringing in the virus and drink beer through a straw it's a shame that not many government decision makers don't listen to your show reduce government salaries by 30 percent or anyone still working properly without hardship tax one month's salary uh, and finally mr pink 
says, I see the omnipresent Ben Cowling is criticising the government for banning UK arrivals to Hong Kong. I disagree with him. While Cowling may be correct to point out that there are still loopholes in Hong Kong's COVID quarantine walls that need to be addressed, the UK ban would appear to be a shrewd, proactive, precautionary measure. If the government had not imposed the ban and Hong Kong suffered a resultant spike in imported cases from the UK, I'm fairly sure that Cowling would have wasted little time to criticise the government. That's from uh, Mr Pink. Uh, thank you very much indeed to uh, everyone uh, who emailed today. One more S says, regarding the online food ordering, I think the infrastructure in Hong Kong is such that there are building complexes and each one has a shopping mall selling daily necessities, or there would be shops and markets in the neighbourhood. The hours of service are also convenient for office workers, so it's much easier to just go down and buy something than arrange for complicated delivery service where the goods may not be to one's satisfaction. Even during pandemics, people are taking a lot of precautions before the government offers these services. It has to consider the reality. That is from S. Thank you very much indeed for all those. And Kenneth Lung, thank you very much indeed. And Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Uh, former Accountancy Secretary. And uh, Ada, Merry Christmas to you Merry as well. Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, we'll be seeing you uh, in the... Uh, yeah, between Christmas and mm. New Year. Yes, we'll be here on the, on, on the Tuesday. Uh, looking forward to that. And uh, remember, uh, vote for our Person of the Year. Go to our Facebook page or the RTHK Radio 3 homepage and uh, follow the link and you can vote online. The weather uh, mainly cloudy today and dry. Rather cool this morning, there's sunny periods with temperatures getting up to about 19 degrees. The outlook mainly cloudy with one or two rain patches tomorrow and on Thursday and then the temperatures will rise slightly during the Christmas holidays. 16 degrees at the moment, relative humidity is at 60%. There are many ways to enjoy life, no matter what you pursue. You must know how to resist temptations. Cannabis abuse causes addiction, hallucination, IQ loss, anxiety, and depression. Say no to cannabis and its harms and lead an enjoyable life. Stay away from cannabis. Enjoy life to the full. Call 1-86-186 or send a message via WhatsApp or WeChat to 9818-6186 to seek help. Cannabis is a drug. 9.33, the news with Samantha Butler. An epidemiologist says he doesn't know why the government is so strict on incoming travellers when there are still loopholes in the quarantine system. Some experts believe the third wave of infections here was caused by seafarers and aircrew being exempt from quarantine. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong says a current ban on flights from the UK because of a contagious strain of coronavirus there is not sustainable. World Health Organization experts say there's no evidence that the highly contagious new variant of coronavirus that's taken hold in Britain is more severe than existing strains. They say viruses mutate naturally and that all forms of the coronavirus are dangerous. They're urging the public to continue with measures known to reduce their spread, hand washing, social distancing and wearing face coverings. And shares in the American electric car maker Tesla have debuted on the S&P 500 index. The sell-off followed reports that Apple is planning to launch its own electric car in 2024. Tesla has had a spectacular year. Its shares have soared 700%. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Thanks, Sam. Just three sleeps till Christmas.